0: Dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today, we're sharing our most anticipated reads for the fall season, and it might be a little different from what you're expecting.
1: Before we get into what today's episode is actually all about, we have a really sweet review to share. We get these on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't left a review for us, please do. They really help with just podcast charts and getting novel pairings in front of more listeners. But this one made us feel so seen and <laughs> It just really made us smile. So the review says tuning into an episode of novel pairings feels like the audio equivalent of sipping hot tea while wrapped in a blanket. At least it feels that way for me. Chelsea and Sarah create a cozy atmosphere chatting about books, bookish culture, and how we can tie our favorite classic reads to modern entertainment. I learn something new each episode and always find conversations I wouldn't have thought of myself about these reads. And it feels like I'm tuning into a conversation with dear pals. Thank you so much for writing that review. I think, I mean, anytime that cozy is mentioned in association with
0: our podcast, our hearts (laughs) soar. It's so true. If you feel cozy and you're learning, that just makes us so happy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sarah. So enough gushing about our little podcast here. We have some books to share today, but we're typically at the top of each season. We would share some highly anticipated front list reads, meaning brand new releases, books that are coming out that season, paired with backlist titles. Um, We just weren't feeling that yeah. <laughs> this year. <laughs> there's There's a lot of overwhelm going on. We just kind of wanted to focus on setting our intentions for the fall reading season because um, our lives are about to change, like, drastically. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this with you and kind of pass some ideas back and forth for what this season might look like as far as anticipated reads because it's not like looking at all the flashy new titles so much.
0: Yeah, we decided it would feel better not to kid ourselves or you that we were going to get to a ton of hot new releases this fall. Although we are going to be doing a mini version of that typical episode for our Classics Club over on Patreon, where we will each share a couple of anticipated new fall releases that we're looking forward to and pair them with backlist books. So If you really, really want that episode, hop over to Patreon Uh, for $5. You can get access to all of the backlog of bonus episodes and hear that one this month. But yeah, today we're going to talk more about the types of books we might be interested in reading this fall. And then we will be sure to keep you posted on whether or not any of this actually happens.
1: Yeah, I should have said, because we're recording this in August, so it feels like we're forecasting, but by the time that this episode comes out, we will be sort of adjusting and seeing where our reading moods are and what our reading routines look like. So we will definitely keep you updated, but I don't know. There's something about sort of planning or at least casting a vision for the upcoming season that I I love to do especially when it feels like back to school season mm-hmm. and we're not going back to school but it's still like I get that sense of excitement of kind of planning or dreaming about what the next
0: season is going to look like totally. So we're each going to share some like types of books, types of reading we might be doing this fall along with a couple of titles maybe that are at least in the back of our heads. We'll see. And yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see what the season of reading looks like for us. So Chelsea, what's what's one thing you're thinking about fall reading right now? <laughs>
1: I have no idea what I'm gonna be in the mood for. Right. So I am thinking that maybe it would be a good time to switch over to some nonfiction because I have not read any nonfiction in a long time. This summer, I really focused on the fiction reads that I was excited about, and we don't read a lot of nonfiction for the podcast, so just naturally, I haven't been taking in very much nonfiction. But I do wonder if that sort of style might be more conducive to picking up a book only getting to read a chapter, having to set it back down or picking up a book, only getting to read two pages, having to set it back down. So I think that fall might be a good time for me to switch over to some nonfiction. I have been meaning to read Cast by Isabel Wilkerson for months, and I I keep glancing at it on the bookshelf as I walk by. So I think that one is probably going to be on my TBR pile for the fall. The full title is Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. And Isabel Wilkerson is an incredible researcher and a really great author. She wrote The Warmth of Other Suns, which is one of my favorite nonfiction books. She just has a really incredible way of weaving history and fact-based research into a narrative. And in Cast, she basically takes a look at the caste system in America and articulates how we divide ourselves into a hierarchy. So she explores this through looking at caste systems in other countries from other time periods and just offers um, a different way to look at the class system in America and offer some hope as well in in humanity and in our commonalities, even though it can feel like we are um, separated in this caste system so often. So I am really excited to read that one. I know that her writing with The Warmth of Other sons. I actually think I spread that read out over the course of like seven months. I was able to pick it up, read about half, didn't touch it for maybe three months, picked it up again, read a section a day. And finished it. And so if cast is similar to that reading experience, that seems like it'll be really good in the fall. I also just think that, I don't know, in the fall, I tend to pick up more nonfiction because I'm in that learning mode. I'm in that back to school mode. So another nonfiction book that I've had on my list for a long time is The Education of an Idealist by Samantha Power. This is a memoir, and Samantha Power, she, I don't know if you've heard her name before, she was a foreign policy maker under the Obama administration. She basically frames this memoir with the question, what can one person do to make a difference in the world? And she's got a really interesting life, and um, this traces her whole life from childhood all the way through getting invited to Capitol Hill to be a human rights ambassador and eventually become a U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. She was the youngest American to take that role on, and she is a Pulitzer Prize-winning writer. She's from Dublin. She's obviously traveled a lot. She's seen a lot. And I... I don't know. I think memoir might be, might be what I'm in the mood for. And this is one that I've had on my shelf for a really long time. So that's the education of an idealist, a memoir
0: by Samantha Power. I think that makes a lot of sense. I do find nonfiction to be much easier to dip in and out of. Um, So I think that's a great idea. And those both I've, I've read and loved cast and the education of an I, I, The Education of an Idealist has also been on my list for a while. So great picks. What are you thinking for the fall? Well, kind of in the exact opposite (laughs) direction. I would like to read like one big book this fall. We're reading a big book with the Novel Pairings patrons, and that we will then be coming back from our maternity leave to cover on the podcast but it's a book I've already read so I would like to tackle like a big book that I haven't read I, I think because even though this doesn't you know in terms of life changes doesn't feel like the right time maybe to read an 800 page book in terms of workload it does because typically it's hard for me to pick up a long book because I'm thinking about, you know, all the other books I need to read for the podcast and making sure that I have new books to talk about in my weekly newsletters and monthly wrap-ups and all of that. And so without those pressures, it could be a time to pick up a big book if, you know, my day-to-day allows it. And maybe this would be on audio or something like that. We'll see. But Two that I've kind of been toying with. One is A Winter's Tale by Mark Helprin. I don't know. This is just a book that every time I see it in a bookstore or the library, I've like picked up and read the back cover and just something about it grabs me. And then I'm like, I'm not going to read this. It's so long. Um, But I did finally purchase it. And so it's in my house. And I don't know. It might be might be the moment. I think this is like a, an epic love story about an Irish thief who, while he's like attempting to rob this, this upper West side, New York mansion falls in love with the the daughter of the, the homeowner. I kind of thought there was time travel, but maybe not. I don't know. I'll report back if I read it, <laughs> but it's one of those like you know, epic years long love stories, and it's supposed to have wonderful sense of place and and time, which really helps me get immersed in a, a longer book. So that is one I'm thinking of. And then another is Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clark, because I loved Piranesi so much. It was one of my favorite books of 2020, and it's super short. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is super long, so it's I I think you know very much in Susanna Clark's wheelhouse of creating a strange and interesting world. But this world is much much more expansive. It is about two rival magicians, and it. Um, I, I like those kind of like epic magic-y books that are definitely fantasy, but still like, like historical fantasy. This is, this is set during the Napoleonic Wars. Um, so lots of rich history there. I don't know. I, I'd love to pick up one of, one of these huge bricks in the coming months, but we'll see if time allows. I think often those lend
1: themselves really well to picking up and setting down and leaving them for a while if you need to. And so many big tomes have reading guides online Mm -hmm. or summaries where if you feel like you need to pick up on a couple of things again before you get back into it, it's totally doable.
0: That's a good point. And I was even thinking it might be a good idea to start one before baby arrives. So I'm like in it and want to return to it because sometimes like it takes me some solid focused chunks of reading to get into a long book. But then once I'm in it, I can pick it up and put it down relatively easy.
1: That makes sense. I also think audiobooks are going to make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah,
0: totally. Pretty much all of these would will likely be audio.
1: Yeah, I think, and I mean, fall is one of my favorite times to listen to audiobooks because I tend to do so much hiking or just walking around my neighborhood, going for long drives to look at the leaves around this really pretty area that I live in. And um, I might not be hiking, but I am hoping for a lot of fall, crisp, lovely walks outside. And so I'm thinking lots of audiobook time. Totally. I I definitely have a ton on my Libro FM queue that I can listen to. But I think that getting back into a series that I have been listening to on audio would be great. So I was thinking about picking up where I left off with the Maisie Dobbs series. I think I might've been like five or six books in, and it's like, I don't know, like 15 books long or something. There's a lot to listen to. I like the narrator. They're very comforting, cozy reads. Or I was thinking of getting back into a mystery series where I read the first one or two books on paper and then maybe trying them on audio. So I was thinking the Veronica Speedwell series, which I loved on paper. I think I only read the first two books. Or um, there's a mystery series by Ausma Zahana Khan. The first one is called The Unquiet Dead. It takes place in Canada and it's about this sensitive crimes division. Basically they're called upon to investigate racially sensitive crimes or like crimes where they think there might be some sort of racial or cultural element involved. And I really liked the first one. I have the next two on my shelf, but I don't know. I I might pick them up in paper and then if that's not working for me, I might try them on audio. So I'm thinking some sort of cozy, procedural mystery series might be good on audio for me this fall.
0: Yeah, I have on my list here the idea of a series as well, because I think that once you get invested in the series, that also kind of eliminates a decision about what to read next when we're definitely going to be experiencing decision fatigue Mm -hmm. and just knowing that you have something to go right into, I think would, would feel really good. So, I have enjoyed on your recommendation the Lady Hardcastle mysteries on audio. They are super fun. Um, I'd be interested in picking up another one of the mystery series that you recommend, like Maisie Dobbs or Veronica Speedwell. I haven't read any of them, but um, starting them would be fun. My mom has been trying to get me to read the Poldark series for a while now. I think she read them all during the like during quarantine period, and loved them. So that could be fun. And I don't know. I could try to pick Outlander back up, and that would fulfill my big book, <laughs> my big book goal, and help me get into a series. But I've just been stuck in that fifth book for so long. I think I would need to just read a summary and jump ahead to six. I don't think I could re-enter five and expect to enjoy it or have any momentum. But yeah, a series, especially a series on audio, I think is going to be key to keeping me reading. I think that you would like
1: Maisie Dobbs as a character. And I think that that series strikes the right balance of cozy and serious. It's a very different tone from Lady Hardcastle. Okay. And yeah, I've I really enjoyed that one. And then I was also thinking about the Lady Sherlock series. Oh, yeah. I, I liked the first one. Maybe I even read the second one. And then it just dropped off my radar, but it's beloved. And I think that that might be a fun one.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a great idea.
1: I also, oh my goodness, Sarah, I have so many unread books on my Kindle. Mm -hmm. And I have heard from my mom friends that the Kindle is your absolute best friend when you're nursing or snuggling a baby or doing something where you only have the use of one hand, or you can like prop it up a lot easier on a pillow or something. So I think I'm going to be doing a lot more e-reading than picking up a hardcover or a paperback. So I have a lot of arcs on NetGalley. Um, I also have some backlist historical romance And I'm wondering if maybe I'll end up just picking up other books from the library on my Kindle, like any new releases that I would typically put on hold. Maybe I'm just going to place the hold for my Kindle
0: right away. Yeah, I think that's really smart. Yeah, I'm expecting my Kindle to get a lot of use. And that will probably be how I do read any new releases, as you mentioned, either If I get them through NetGalley as ARCs or from the from the library wait list. But yeah, I I have quite the backlog as well. I wouldn't necessarily need to download any new books on my Kindle, but it's nice to have that option, too. Yeah, we haven't fully
1: figured out what our winter season will look like for classics, but. I have a feeling we'll try and get some of that sorted before we head off on our leave here. And so I, I'm i wondering if picking up classics on Kindle is the way to go, or maybe that's how I'll end up reading Middlemarch.
0: Yeah, probably. I, I think, I mean, Middlemarch is chunky so and unwieldy. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it is also good on audio, though, if you... Want to try it that way. I like that you can highlight on your Kindle Mm -hmm. and then you can see them all, all of your highlighted passages in one spot. I maybe should have been reading on my Kindle for the podcast this whole time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know that's what I'm thinking. Like, why haven't I been doing this? But it's they're so pretty, the editions of the classics. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. Yeah. The excuse to get another pretty book.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I another thing I've been thinking is that I'll probably read or reread some kid lit this season. Like not necessarily um just board and baby books, but you know, maybe read aloud even though it will be not understood at all, some of my favorite books from childhood. So a Wrinkle in Time or The Golden Compass series or something like that would be really fun just to revisit, remind myself of the great adventure of young adult reading that we're going to have ahead of us. And um yeah, and spend some time reading aloud. I think that'd be great. But also new middle grade and YA on audio might be something I turn to as well because just the way that that writers who write for younger people put their stories together, they're not, I, I don't mean this in a disparaging way in that they're like easy or not profound, but they're just, they're a little bit more direct. And so when you're tired or when you have a lack of focus or anything, sometimes those middle grade or YA can be easier to read because the stories, the descriptions, they're just more straightforward. The author lays things out for you a little bit more. And so that might be something that I enjoy picking up, whether they're favorite rereads or uh, new to me books.
1: All right. So, Sarah, you might have some recommendations for me here because in addition to all of the audiobooks and Kindle reads that I have. I am thinking if my fall reading mood matches up with what I don't know, like what it would usually be, I tend to like some quiet character studies, some more literary fiction, but literary fiction that focuses on a couple of characters or like a group or unit. So... For example, I'm thinking maybe it will be the right time to finally read Crossing to Safety by Wallace Stegner. That one is about two couples, I believe, and they move between Vermont and Wisconsin, which that setting just feels autumnal to me and seems perfect, but it's supposed to be a quiet novel of friendship. And I'm just thinking that might suit my fall reading mood. Um, I know we're not going to be like hanging out with a bunch of people. (laughs) We're not going to have that sense of community, partly because of the life phase, partly because of the pandemic, just so many different factors. So I think getting that from books this fall is going to be really good um, for the soul. And yeah, I just, I, I would like to think that I could read some literary fiction, which is typically my autumn reading taste. I just don't know, you know, what my brain's going to do or what I'll be up for, but some sort of quiet character study that I can really get absorbed in and follow one person's life or a couple of people like crossing to safety sounds really appealing to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think if you haven't read anything by Claire Fuller, I think you might like her work and maybe swimming lessons would be the place to start. Um, But another that came to mind that I read this summer on the recommendation of um, a patron, Denise, whose Instagram is Denise of the Island, she recommended Our Homesick Songs by Emma Hooper. And I think you would really like that one, Chelsea. It's about a family who lives in Newfoundland and in this fishing community. But over the last few years, the fish have all disappeared. And so slowly, slowly people are leaving this community in search of work elsewhere. And we follow one family, parents and two children, And the parents have to kind of alternate um, going elsewhere for a month to work and then come back. And it's just this beautiful story about resilience and family and loyalty. And it has dual timelines, so it keeps things moving, but it is that introspective look at at individuals and a community. And it's fantastic on audio because there are – some songs throughout and the narrator sings them and it's just really lovely. So
1: I'll definitely pick that up. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I also was just glancing over at my little shelf here and thinking about how much I loved the women of Brewster place, maybe picking up more of Gloria Naylor's work would sort of fit that introspective character study. And yet It's those shifting perspectives that might work really well here as as well.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. My last kind of category here I don't know if I'm going to get to any of these books. (laughs) I kind of doubt it. But as I've been reorganizing my books, moving, returning like what has been the office and my book room into baby's room and we have these beautiful new built-in bookcases on our first floor in our living room. So I've been migrating the books. And as I've been doing that, trying to give a lot away and reprioritize what I want to read. And so there've just been a few things that have caught my eye as I've been doing that reorganizing they're all, I know, super dense books. And so i that's why I say I have no idea if I'll actually get to any of these. But I just kind of wanted to mention them because, yeah, I've been thinking about them. And they look so nice on my new shelves. Um, one is The Sympathizer by Viet Thanh Nguyen. This also caught my eye because, of course, there's a sequel out now. And it's about to be a show starring Robert Downey Jr. and so, you know, it's it's going to be everywhere again soon. It is kind of a, like, spy novel, but also, like, a, a slower um, character study examination. It's about a communist double agent and his kind of servant, um, and I- I've heard it's funny and profound and just really subversive and and intriguing. So that has been on my radar for so long. It came out in 2016 and I'd like to read it. I would also really like to read Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel. Mantel? Mantel? I'm not sure how she pronounces her name. But I have long been obsessed with Tudor history. And so I know that I would really like Wolf Hall if I really immersed myself in it. It's mostly about Thomas Cromwell. I did try to read it once, but it was when I was in grad school and my like brain space was too occupied by grad school reads to also focus on a really dense piece of literary fiction. The narration of Wolf Hall is very strange, the uh, point of view. And so, yeah, once again, will I be able to get into that book this fall? I have no idea, (laughs) but it caught my attention recently. And then finally, I have been listening to a lot of the podcast Marlon and Jake Read Dead People, which is just a great podcast. And if you like novel pairings, you would definitely like listening to Marlon James talk about (laughs) classics, too. But this is one of his earlier books, kind of pre-breakout success of um, "Secret History of Seven Killings," and the book of Night Women is about a group of women um, born into slavery on a Jamaican sugar plantation, and just I think it mostly follows one character, but but also like the the women surrounding her. And on either side of her generationally, and I've heard it's it's gorgeous. And I struggled with his fantasy, with Marlon James's fantasy, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, because it's just not my genre. But I love him and his writing. And so I want to try something more in his um, realistic fiction genre. So, yeah, those are things that I've kind of like set aside on my shelves We'll see if I ever get to them, but they, those are just backlist books that have caught my eye. So maybe someone else might be interested in them as well.
1: I was just, as you were kind of talking about these big weighty books, I was thinking I have the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois by Honoré Fanon Jeffers, both on audio and on my Kindle. Mm -hmm. And That might be a really good one this fall as well. And
0: maybe we'll go back and forth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll end up in an inadvertent buddy read with that one because it's a sweeping family saga totally in your wheelhouse. But I mean, it's a long book, but I was just looking at it in my Libro FM queue and it says that at 1.8, which I don't know if I'll listen at that speed. That's like an average these days, but just depends it's 16 and a half hours which isn't yeah that's very doable Mm -hmm. so we'll see where that one ends up
0: all right well I yeah we're like forecasting this from the end of summer (laughs) into fall so I think it's going to be really interesting to see What exactly is going on in our lives and our reading lives when this episode comes out? All of our, we're not even calling these plans. We're just, they're just ideas, but they might be totally blown up already. We will, we'll have to see, but it's fun to think about and set some intentions and just, because I think going in, not with setting ourselves up for super high expectations for reading for this season, but going in with some intentions and trying to prioritize the things that are important to us is also a good thing to do.
1: Yeah. And I hope just for listeners, we are leaning really heavily into the Gothic and horror classics this season. So we hope that this episode just provided a little bit of a break in that and gave you some variety to think about and Everybody loves Backlist. So we just hope that you got some Backlist ideas for your TBR here. But before we go, Sarah, I was wondering Mm -hmm. if you would want to share just one anticipated title.
0: Well, yeah, sure. Um, One anticipated title would be Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. I'm really, really excited to read his new book. I liked the Underground Railroad. I loved the Nickel Boys. The Nickel Boys was my favorite book the year that it came out. and this book I, I don't I actually don't really know anything about it, but it's Colson Whitehead and I will read it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm looking now at the description. Um I know that it is Colson Whitehead and he's wonderful. It's set in 1960s Harlem, which is a fantastic setting, and it's a heist book. So, I think it's going to be I mean, it's Colson Whitehead, so is it going to be light and fun? No, but it sounds like it's going to be propulsive, a page-turner, maybe a little bit of of humor in here and certainly just like exceptional writing. Colson Whitehead, I think, is one of the best writers at capturing the essence of a character in like a single sentence. He just can introduce you to someone and, you know, not even a paragraph later, you fully know who they are. It's really amazing. And so I'm excited for anything he writes, but this one in particular just sounds really intriguing and different from what he's done before. I mean, all of his books so far have been quite different from each other and I always appreciate that. How about you? I'm
1: I'm really excited for that one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think it's probably many, many people's highest anticipated book of the season.
1: Which way do I want to go here? I, I do have a handful of anticipated releases, um, I am really excited about a new release from Abdi Nazimian, who wrote like a love story. That's a book I've talked about a couple of times on the podcast. It was paired with Giovanni's Room. I loved, loved that novel. He has another young adult book coming out called The Chandler Legacies, and it's a boarding school book, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I love a boarding school book. So it's set and it is set at an elite boarding school, and it's about this group of friends who sort of push the status quo of privilege and keeping things quiet through their writing. So we have um, the sort of frame here: is Beth Kramer returns to her sophomore year after really enduring. A hard year of judgment from her roommate, Sarah, but Sarah has a different side to the story. Amanda Priya Spencer is the privileged daughter of New York City elites, Um, and she is realizing that her family name is rescuing her from a lot at this school. Ramin Golafshar arrives as a transfer student, and he is escaping the dangers of being gay in Iran. But then he endures hazing, and Freddie is a senior who's just unsure of what the future holds. He falls for Spence—that's Amanda—and he just. Basically learns that he has to stand up for other people after what happens to Ramin. And so these kids are brought together and they form a writing group and friendships and fight the good fight with their writing. How
0: how wonderful does that sound? That sounds great. And like I said, I want to be maybe reading more YA this fall, so I should add that to my list too.
1: Definitely. I... I would also recommend like a love story if you haven't gotten to it yet. That one is so good, but it might make you cry. So maybe wait (laughs) until, wait until the wave of hormones passes.
0: Good idea. All right. Well, I should also say about Harlem shuffle. I'm not, I'm not sure when your book comes out, but by the time this episode airs, Harlem shuffle will be out. Probably many of you will have read it because it is coming out September 14th, but Um, If you haven't read it yet, that means that you can already get Colson Whitehead's new book by the time this releases.
1: Oh, I thought The Chandler Legacies was a fall release because I have it downloaded on NetGalley, but it looks like it's not until February.
0: (laughs) Well, you can tell us all about it and we'll get excited for it. For the next year.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll be reading it in the fall.
0: (laughs) Net galley brag. (laughs) And we will be sharing more anticipated fall new releases with our patrons. So if you would like to join and get access to that and lots of other bonus content, you can do that at patreon.com slash novel pairings. We are taking a bit of a maternity leave over there, but when we come back in January, we'll be offering a literary class and a book club discussion every month, plus bonus episodes on Fridays.
1: Yeah. And in the meantime, you can access our whole back catalog of literary classes. So you can take a class on Jane Austen and reread Pride and Prejudice. You can take a class on reading with literary devices and get more out of your reading life this season. So there's a lot waiting for you and you've got plenty of stuff to catch up on until we return. We mentioned quite a few book titles today. So if you would like to check those out, our show notes live at NovelPairings.com. And we can't wait to hear which books you're excited about, which books you heard in today's episode and thought, oh, that does sound like the perfect autumn read for me. So connect with us on Instagram at NovelPairingsPod. You can tag us in your photos or on your Instagram stories. Tell us where you're listening from and say hello. And for bonus links, and just a peek at what we're reading lately, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter at nullappearings.substack.com. The newsletter might be on a bit of a hiatus as well, but when we can, we are excited to pop in there and share what we've been reading lately.
0: Thank you to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. Next week, we'll be back with an episode discussing The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. Until then, we declare, after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a book.